Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Deborah, And I'm Eric. And today we are thrilled to sit down with two of the most iconic dancers in West Coast Swing. They've been dancing West Coast Swing together for over 20 years. From the moment they took their first West Coast Swing class together as kids, they were immediately connected to each other and their mutual love of dance. Between the two of them, they have more Jack and Jill first place wins and accumulated champion points than any other pros in the world. They're five-time nasty champions and have 11 U.S. Open wins in seven divisions. In fact, they're the only couple in history to win at the U.S. Open in both the classic and showcase divisions multiple times. Not only are they incredible performers, choreographers, and competitors, they're also one of the most sought-after teaching couples in the world. Being some of the first trailblazers in taking West Coast Swing worldwide and implementing the tradition of Jack and Jill's in countless communities. They are instrumental in the future and past of West Coast Swing. These two are best known for their ability to teach their innovative style while preserving the fundamental roots of West Coast Swing. Plus, they are the pros who cultivate pros. It's not unusual to see other champion dancers attending their packed classes at events all over the world. With over 20 years of experience together, this couple thrives on learning and sharing. Please welcome to the show my very good friends, Sarah Van Drake and Kyle Red. Hey! Hi. Hi, guys! Can applause. Oh my God, finally <laughs> we've gotten you on the show. And we kind of save the best people that we love for last, also because we wanted to get lots of followers <laughs> so that you can influence, right, people? Um, well, I, I don't think you lack fans that's for sure we're fans of the podcast we love this show we love your approach and we love both of you your friends of ours Aww. we've known each other for a good amount of time too long yeah <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> so i'm going to start with the first question we always ask people that are involved in west coast swing <laughs> how did you both get started in west coast swing kyle you go oh, first that's an easy one i wanted to meet girls <laughs> <laughs> He's honest. Well, we should get that I was, up front right now. I was uh, I was doing football, uh, and I didn't I didn't really like football. I just did it because it was just part of you know high school and junior high. And so um, one day my mom comes home from uh, her work her work at Gottschalk's, and she says to me, "Hey, listen, um, these kids were at our uh, at our place, and they were doing this line dancing stuff." And I'm like, "Oh, wow, great!" Um, I wasn't interested at all. And then she goes. Oh my goodness, there was this girl there. Her name was uh, Melissa Russ. And I'm like, Melissa Russ? I know her, and not Roots. <laughs> but uh, so this girl, Melissa Russ, was someone I had a huge crush on in junior high. And this was my freshman year of high school. And I'm like, well, heck yeah. So uh, I put on my bestie Cavaricis. Um, I put on uh, <laughs> my Birkenstocks and uh, my nice button up shirt. And I went to a, a line dancing place. Which is still hot today. That whole outfit would totally work. <laughs> totally nice. Yeah. Um, this summer. You so, so I go walking in. Um, and the first thing they teach us is like a like a waltz across Texas. Uh, and then we learned like electric slide that night. I think I learned like four or five uh, line dances that night. Um, but first night I went there, I actually saw Sarah. <laughs> like in a pair of Wranglers. It was like I was sold. Like. <laughs> I don't even, Melissa who? I was like, no, no, no. It was, uh, I saw Sarah and I was like, that's ridiculous. So um, that kind of hooked me at first. I uh, went down to the um, the local boot making place, Badashi Boots. <laughs> Got myself a pair of boots, uh, some Wranglers, a uh, cowboy hat, and I invested myself into the world. I quit football, did everything. So line dancing was my first kind of stage uh, stepping into dance. 
And then we got on a dance team, or I got on a dance team, and Sarah was part of the dance team. And we got we got picked to be together during the West Coast Swing part of it. So that was our kind of introduction to really dancing couples together. And we'd do two-step, and we would do uh, other like line dances that were, I think, the kind where you'd like hold on to each other in sweetheart position next to each other. Um, but that was like the extended part of dancing. Well, then we got we got to do West Coast Swing together, and then we started doing all the other country line dance stuff. Uh, and then moved into country couples. So that was kind of my introduction into into the world. Yeah. Um, I'm mine kind of the same way. My mom and dad, um, I grew up in the country where we lived with horses and cows and chicken. Well, no chickens, but we did have pigs. <laughs> and, um, it was in the country. And uh, my dad was, you know, the fill in pastor at the church. My mom was a stay at home mom. We our TV broke. And um, for like three years, which we only got three channels in the country. Anyways, <clears throat> my mom and dad didn't replace the TV. And so what they did have is a room, a spare room from floor to ceiling, three walls of records. That's what they collected. And it was everything from Iron Butterfly to Clarence Water Revival to Otis Redding to Marvin Gaye to Barbara Streisand to just you name it, Glenn Miller Band, you name it, everything was in there. Patsy Cline, oh my gosh, like I know everyone. Your favorite. Songs. That's my girl, yeah. Right. Um, so I just grew up falling in love with music and dreaming about like certain scenarios of like performing, dancing, and all of that. And so my mom and dad were always dancing around the kitchen. So um, I snuck out in high school. I was a cheerleader. My mom and dad couldn't afford the dance lessons. So I'd always just copy the girls at school um, and behind. And they were my friends. So they shared with me. And um, so I always kind of had to fake it along the way. And then I got grounded for sneaking out in high school during the summertime. And they took <laughs> us to this place called Just for Kicks. And it was basically a bar for kids. They had like root beer instead of beer. Mm -hmm. And like after a certain hour, parents, parents weren't allowed. If like you were over 18, you had to be like between these ages. It was awesome. And so I went there with the family and I saw the line dancing. And I fell in love with it. And then had a side by side journey with Kyle along the way as, as you, as he went into the rest of the story. But when we got to do West Coast Swing, I just remember feeling the swing, both of us, and being like, what? <laughs> this is well, no, there the was, best. There was another thing. It was a moment where somebody yeah. showed us like uh, just a West Coast Swing like uh, a video. It wasn't in country western attire at all. And we, we looked at each other and went, you mean there's just a community of just that dance? Because I would only what? go to the country dances to maybe do one or two two steps. Like two steps. Yeah, I love two steps. That <laughs> and was West good. Coast but, swing. but there was always a swing room. I lived in the swing room as a country dancer. And then, so, yeah, and we met Robert Royston at our first big dance competition um, before we went to the First Worlds. And, um, anyways, in the junior competition, Robert saw Kyle and I, and he like was awesome to us from day one. And he was a big, you'll hear throughout this segment, a very instrumental in us sitting here today, you know. Yeah. So that was the beginning. At what point did you hone in on West Coast Swing and form your partnership and say, we want to do routines and we want to we want to dive into this? So I we both had different partners at first in the junior category. This is a really long question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got time. <laughs> um, 
So, so we both had different partners. And so we were like best friends at first. And then. So, okay, real quick, like really long story kind of cut really fast. Sarah and I dated as kids. My grandma got cancer. I had to move to Texas to take care of her. Sarah and I's junior relationship, um, we broke up because I had to leave. Um, and so I ended up doing part of my developmental career of West Coast Swing right. in Texas. But before we even got to that, before we got to the breakup was our UCWDC part. Right. This is when we were like, they changed, basically, it was. Jason Colosino and Gina Brown were dancing and they had a huge age difference, like six years. That's not a lot in real life when you're an adult, but when you're, you know, six, 14 yeah. and 20, it's hard to compete in a division together. And so, um, and there was Kyle and I where the UCWDC changed, changed the rule. And then there was also Toby Mon uh, Monroe, Miles' brother. Right. And I believe Gary McIntyre just was barely old enough. <clears throat> and they changed the rule that you can enter into adults at 16 years old in division four country um, for all of us, because there wasn't enough juniors to make at that point being serious about it. So they made it to not use the you lose the youth. So we went in and Kyle and I had to pay for all of our routines ourselves. His mom and dad helped a lot, but they were really like, Hey, if you want to spend this much, you're going to have to work for it. So, we ran out of money on the West Coast Swing. And Dave Getty at the time was our helper. He really was instrumental in helping us. Like he lived in by our, by us. He was from the Bay Area, wasn't he? Yeah. And he Dave was Getty? in Yeah. But oh. at the time they moved to Fresno. So he was literally 20 minutes from our house. We lived there and he let us make payments. So we got all five of our routines. And one of his students that his new students that was up and coming was Robert and Lorene. And that's how we got connected with them. He gave us to them for some lessons. Okay, come back to the so, routine. Anyways, we run out of money. It's Reuben McIntyre. Um, how come you don't call me? Right? Or no, uh, um, in the on the plane. I know what you're talking about. On the plane or a jet. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, <laughs> plane or a jet or a jet. Yeah. I did a jazz routine. Why haven't I heard from you? Why right, haven't I heard from you? That's it. Yeah, we run out of money. Yep. So we do it in the front room of Kyle's parents' house. I, I, I'm so plagiarizing. And we're just ripping off every single VHS we can find. <laughs> Anything I get. It's Michael like, Kim. It's Royston, Ro Robert Royston. It's Tony Gooch. No, we don't know Mario yet. We don't know them yet. We only know Michael yeah, right, Kim. Yeah, we don't know any of these people yet. We only know kind of the country stars, right? Barry Duran, you know? So finally, we go out and we compete. And we just now, mind you, our entire routine is like stage right so bad because we don't understand. We keep starting over in the front. And it's honestly just ad living. And we don't really know until we get there that our routine goes all the way right. And we it's a disaster, but we kill it. Right. And it we're on fire. It's like, huh. Well, right at that time, um, Robert Royston is getting ready to go to the U.S. Open and getting trained by this guy, Mario. And we're going to up to Robert Royston and Lorene's house in the Bay Area at this point for coaching on country. And so are Jason and Gina. So the and Dimitri was up there. Katie was up there. All of a sudden, there was this huge group of kids coming to Robert and Lorene's house for some sort of hangout training, training. and stuff. Yeah, and for sure. Robert so on, and Lorene are so on fire because they're just 
win in everything. And now they're about to go do swing and just kill it. And they are our dance goddesses and gods right at that point. Like we're just all, and, and so they show us a video of the U S open that they're going to go compete at. And on that video, Oh my gosh. I see. I still fangirl on that video are Robert Cordoba and Kelsey B dancing. Mm-hmm. That. Yep. Mm-hmm. In that moment, in that moment, I went, Oh, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. That's me. I saw Kelsey dancing in that routine. And I was like, I feel like that's, that's, that's it. That's where I need that. I feel that, you know? So that was my my moment that I saw as a kid. And then Kyle was there too. Like we watched right. the whole show, you know, it was pretty sick. So from that point went into Kyle's story, his grandma got sick. He yeah. goes to Texas to, to take care of her. I end up dancing with Jason Colsina for one year in the US Open because Gina's not, you know, older. Right. <clears throat> so while Kyle's in Texas, he then gets introduced to Rosemary Malady. Right, who introduced you to Beata, right? Yeah, well, Rosemary was the first one that kind of got my foot in the door. Um, mm-hmm. Like, she saw me out dancing, I think, at one of this the... This is before Beata. Yeah, yeah. This yeah is she was a love, Rosemary. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I love her. her. She love was her. awesome. Love her. She, uh, in Texas, you can take uh, your grandkids or your kids into bars. It, uh, maybe back then. I don't know about now. No, you could. You, back, yeah. I don't know now. Yeah. now but back then, um, if you wanted to go into a bar, if you're, you're with your parents or with your grandparents, they would let you in. So um, all the all the push and whip dances are held at bars and stuff. So I um I end up getting introduced to Barry, uh, Kalis, uh, Mario, all these people, Mario Senior, um, dancing push and whip, Terry Ripa, that whole group. Um, and I was I was kind of under Barry's wing for about Truman. Uh, yeah, I met Truman there yeah. absolutely. Um, but I was under these people's wing for probably a good nine nine months to a year. Um, before my grandma got done doing her chemo and stuff. And then I came back to, to California for my senior year of high school. And in the meantime, while he was there, I was in California getting exposed to the Robert Cordoba's, the Michael Kim's, the Robert Royston's. It just, a lot of the older style, the Martin Parker's, the Sonny Watson's. Um, there was a lot the of Phil Adams, the Phil Adams, mm-hmm. um, I've seen so many important names, um, of these leaders that like cultivated us, um, even Jay Byam to a certain extent, really, you know, he was the first one to give us a job at that point. He was really involved with trying to pull as many youth in because there really was a lack of it. Like mm-hmm. Kyle and I felt because we were in Fresno, we were either running to the Bay area. Once he came back. We were either running to San Francisco or LA every weekend and staying at Deborah's house and Robert's house mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, just getting training as much as we could from anybody who was in town. And there was always somebody great coming in on one coast or the other, you know. Right. Who would you who would you say influenced you the most as dancers and as dance professionals? Who you, you know you guys were professionals. I, I have to say, <laughs> Deborah, this is so crazy. Yeah. Because Kyle and I came in at a time that it was the end of a lot of really old school dancers. And we got to meet a lot of them right before we lost them. And people like Betty Corpus from the Bay Area mm-hmm. were super instrumental in bringing the old and the new together. It's it's all she talked about. 
She facilitated it so much. She used to organize this thing in Long Beach and hire all of us kids to come perform live for all these like awesome R&B groups and do it. And it's all the older crowd would hang out and they would completely just chew us up and spit us out about how we're not doing swing. And we take it and she'd tell us why we need to take it. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we did, they were then so open to like, what are you kids doing? Well, show me a step. And all it took was us listening. And she really taught us that, you know, um, we both had have great fathers who installed learning and listening to people who've already done what you, you're about to do and then taking the information and moving forward and gathering your own. But she was really great in that. So really ultimately, of course, um, I would say Dave Getty, Robert Royston, Robert Cordoba, Barry Jones, Michael Kim gave us our first private lesson um, for hours. Um, Barry Durant uh, coached us a lot when we were kids. Um, It's so funny when you hear about all this, the older Charlotte bot, gosh. Yeah. When you, when you, when you hear these names in the (laughs) back, yeah, you, you, you really have such a plethora of male teachers Mm -hmm. that nowadays we have so many more female teachers is just a, a blessing. So like, I feel like the dance was was only being taught, really focused mainly by men. And if you really look at it. So when you hear Sarah say that stuff, it's like. What's rad is I got to come in when these women who were on fire and were clearly, clearly supported by their leaders. You know, I don't want to throw. I'm, I'm that fine line. Like, I'm like, go girls. But I'm also like, somebody's got to give the people who are being suppressed a hand up. And mm-hmm. the only way to do that is from a step above. Mm-hmm. And so there's always those people who are reaching down. And I hate to say all because there were, there are those people mm-hmm. and I, and we intend on being them that. No, not everybody, up. And no, not everybody has been taught the skill to learn first. They didn't all come from put together homes that had a mom and a dad that, that gave you that um, balance of, of roles whether that be female, male, and either version, I don't care. I, right. I I just feel like we really got lifted up by a lot of people who who cared about sharing. And then there weren't a lot of people around us our age. Mm-hmm. So then came people who were like five and six years younger than us. And we were so hungry for to share and play and have that. And so those people really who are now still very close friends of ours and best friends of ours. And then, you know, I was a very young mother at 19. So we've just really focused on staying connected to the younger people and the older people and trying to be bridging the the gap. Cause right now we kind of feel like in our career, we can touch the ceiling and the floor. I feel like I'm work. I'm working with the kids cause I got kids and I still love going and having like a bottle of wine with like mm-hmm. a super master. Right. Like, you know, how did we get there? <laughs> yeah. We were just talking about how you were influenced as, as dancers and as dance professionals. Well, I'd say also um, adding to that, because as we were transitioning from a uh, new up and coming couple to professionals getting paid to do this um, and seriously, you know, taken around the world. I mean, people are investing quite a bit of money when you're adding airfare across the water. Um, and it's plus, risk. Plus, uh, plus, you know, accommodations, because you don't always go stay with people. I mean, you, you get to know some people and you stay with them, but that's a huge investment to bring somebody across. And we needed 
we needed someone with some business savvy and and that um, and and I'd say that Deborah, you you introduced us to the whole contract thing. You know, uh, I remember that. Yeah, you and Ro- Robert and with, uh, you, we went into David Koppelman's office. office, yeah. And right. we paid, each paid five hundred dollars for contracts. I, I believe that we were the first. To I mean, actually I made payments. Have maybe yes. we were the first, but we were the first we knew of. <laughs> You're gonna hear me say that a lot. We're like, you need to go see David Koppelman. So and get we your contract we get order. these contracts, and then we structure workshop weekends and. I remember thinking like, well, I, I'm going to do this for a few years. And this is awesome because the only reason at the end of the day that we started teaching West Coast Swing mm-hmm. is because we wanted to do more West Coast Swing. Yeah. And so if we wanted to do more West Coast Swing forever, we better get really good at it, at well, teaching it. Well, and you also, there, there's a drive and a goal to win something. Yeah. You know, it's like there's there's always that that point when you're somewhere in your life and you see somebody that has this 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 moment and you're like, man, I want that moment too. I want to know what that feels like. And I think chasing that or seeing somebody perform really kind of instilled into me. It's like, I want to show my art too. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a, that was a really important driving factor. Um, and I'm super competitive or I, I, I really, really was at one point um, to a fault. Um, we all are in the beginning, I think. Yeah. But there has to yeah. be drive at some point. And then if you can learn to, you know, focus it in the right place and the right way, it becomes healthy. Right. Um, but at first, I mean, at least I, I had the drive to want to do it. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people miss sometimes is, is be, being themselves while being driven. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's right now I watch the community and it's, it's, I'm not really seeing individuals. It's disjointed. Yeah. And I feel like mm-hmm. what, what we had back in the day and, and granted the dances really conformed differently to, to life. Um, right. you know, being more gender equal and things like that. So I don't know. I'm kind of taking this on a different yeah, direction. That's, a later question. that's okay. Yeah. Keep going. But, but the idea is that, um, <laughs> look at me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> shut up. We'll get there. Talked about this. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like it's a new dance now and, but it's always a new dance. It's now. always a new dance. Isn't that right. what's so I don't want, I don't want it to get stuck. I feel like, I feel like at one point, uh, I feel people, like it's getting stuck. That's the thing. Yeah. And here's, here's, but it's okay, baby. It's not being individualized. This is what's happening. This is what happens. And this is good. It's okay. It's cycle. And as long as it's totally. still moving through the cycle, even if that cycle is in the stuck part, mm-hmm. we're okay. It always comes back. But I feel like right now, you know, the dust is up in the air mm-hmm. and it's, it it's arcing. And so it'll settle back into finding its new little way again. And then we'll go and have another push. And then guess what we need to do when you throw it all up in the air again? Well, the problem is here, so, here's, here's my, okay. here's maybe where I was kind of going with this. Um, because, because I'm seeing, I'm seeing people that are driven, but they're not individuals in the drive. They're chasing yes. something. Yeah. Agreed. You know, it's like, they're not bringing us their art. They're letting other people do their art. Not it's, everybody. No, right? not everybody. But I'm saying it's a, a huge majority of this. Is I'm not seeing people's individuality. And I, trust me, I went through the stage of of needing my choreography done or you know plagiarizing right. in the moments. And and those are the those are the moments where I feel like were my learning curve moments. But there was a moment where it became me. It became my drive. My my part. Your brand. My brand. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I don't see that coming from this generation right now. And I feel like that was a huge part of, of wanting to do this as a profession was to get that profession to pay for itself so I yeah. could go do it more see, and at its highest level. Because when we I started think. this, this wasn't a business. Yes, there were people who taught a local business at home. But most people but had a job. But most people had a job and all of them 
had a local weekly class. Right. I think Robert and I were the first people to kind of make it a business. To kind of make it a, a traveling business, business. And go. And we were, we were the right, first juniors right behind you. We were right, right under yeah. your umbrella. Yeah, we were under your umbrella. In fact, what was so instrumental, Deborah, mm-hmm. for me, is that Robert. He was selfless. He yeah. was so selfless mm-hmm. in extending his contacts and you putting, letting us stay in our room, showing us the ropes. And, you know, at the time we were competing with Robert and Deborah, the time we're talking about, mm-hmm. we were really the only two, a lot of weekends. Um, yeah. We were almost together every weekend. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good and, professional and, moment right here for us. And Deborah, I talk about this to my every, almost every weekend. Cause it, it was a uh, life changing moment for me and Kyle, <clears throat> you know, because we were around them so much and we're competing at the same time, you were always my friend first. We're, we were competing against chains. Yeah, yeah. You you tried <laughs> that on for size. That's yeah. before we got we competed against Jordan Tatiana's <laughs> series is, of amazing. This is two generations so, ago. But you know what? That's okay. Hey, we we are blessed to be standing next and oh, to yeah. grow off these competitors. When I want to go, I'm going to circle back to your to your question of who did we learn from? Mm-hmm. This is, was a huge moment. We learned from the greats around us period mm-hmm. that and that is something we know is the secret sauce we will continue to learn from the greats around us no matter where we are right. in a moment and and we know that that's important and deborah this is one moment of greatness i remember you saw my little heart breaking i was so scared because chains had so much momentum and you guys were just like click turnkey and boom there goes a Ferrari. And we were Keep still searching shit. for ourselves, you know? And and you guys had the walk on and everything. And Deborah, uh, you saw me shake and there the MC was killing moments and the crowd is screaming. And we're the only couple up next. And the MC's trying to get the audience under control to neutralize them <laughs> before we come out just to help the kids All right, out. Guys, here's comes and second you, place. You pull me behind the curtain really fast. You grabbed me by both hands. You looked me dead in the eye and you said, don't you do that, Sarah. You got this. You're going to put your foot on that floor. You're going to absorb all that momentum and that energy. And you're going to go out there and you're going to use it. And it was like. Don't be afraid of it. Take it. Yes, I will. And I just went and I did it. And there's not a Jack and Jill that I dance. Not Not one final that I dance that I don't before I dance put my foot on the ground right after the dance before me is sitting down as long as it's good. And I suck up the energy. It's amazing that those there's, that's how I got good at West Coast Swing right there. Yeah. I just gave a little bit of tears to my eyes. (laughs) It's my mission. (laughs) So you've talked a bit about developing your brand, finding your dance, finding who you are as individuals within this community. And I'm curious to know how, you define that brand, how you found your niche within our West Coast swing community, how you developed uh-huh. that over the years. You know, it's really weird because uh, I don't think anybody knows that they have something until a bunch of people around them tell them they have something. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. You know, sure. there's, there, there's some validation that has to happen before you can kind of develop a brand. And so I think there was a moment where the transition from being a West Coast, West Coast dancer and being a central uh, America, West Coast dancer, not Central America, central part of America, the Midwest mm-hmm. uh, style of West Coast dancing. Uh, and when I came back, I had this like really different look to my movement was what people told me. I mean, I was just dancing. I didn't really know I was 
um, when you're in Texas. <laughs> and Barry Jones, we, we have to mention like Barry Jones and Romero Gonzalez huge, huge. were stylistically, I would say by far, um, in oh, the beginning in, of Kyle's career, the most I was in influential. Ni- 19, 1995, I was at Dallas Dance Country event, uh, and I was in the swing room, and I and I'm I kind of walk in kind of late, um, and the room's super super dark, and all I see is this guy dancing with uh, Khalees. I don't know who this dude is, and he's dancing to uh, Richard Elliott. Um, uh, stiletto heels. Oh, I love that song. Oh my god! So still a good I, song. I'd never heard jazz like that. You know, I'd never yeah, heard it's that. Still kind of so good. Stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that was that was one thing. Oh, was John really Festa too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, so I'm standing there and I, I I walk in and I sit on the floor and I'm watching this guy's feet just go nuts. And I'm like, who is this man? <laughs> um, and I'm like, I want to do that. That looks like dancing to me because it wasn't patterns. It wasn't like. He wasn't doing all the raps and everything. I mean, he he did some, but all of what he did oozed out the lower half of his body. And I was like, that's ah, that's dancing to me. Um, and it was like, I guess for for a, looking at it now, it was like a hybrid of like maybe shag and uh, and push and whip. Sure. Uh, and I, that With became a little bit of Latin flavor. Yeah, and so that became yeah. that became my my drive for dancing. Um, and then Barry Jones was really pushing the the contemporary music for us the person to introduce contemporary music to West Coast Swing was Barry Jones and Khalees Key. That for for us. But what happened was as soon as we were young, people wanted to give us opportunities as quick as possible. So all the events started inviting us to come. And so it pushed us when we're teaching next to these our dance idols. You know, um for me, like the women that were so powerful in front of me were the Charlotte Botts, the you know, Marianne Nunes, the Beata Howes, the Sylvia Sykes, the Michelle Kincaids, the Michelle Ramsey's, uh, Debbie Ramsey, the, um, Kelly Casanova, Kincaid at the time. Kelsey B. Yeah. Kelsey B. There were a lot of these women, sure. Blake, Blake, um, Blake there Kelly. were a lot of these women, Lorraine Baldovi, my gosh, Dawn, you know, I don't, it's yeah. Hazel, so many that really, really, we now, it was our job. To, we were getting a college education but somebody had to pay for it because we weren't, we were getting $50 workshops and not our flights and we're crashing in other pros rooms. We're just saying yes. And we didn't know how we were going to get there, but we were going to get there. And so at one point in our career, when we were young, now this is before Robert and Deborah, and this is before it was really a career. Mm-hmm. Um, our parents were pushing us to go to college and especially Kyle's parents and pulling him out of football. They've invested so much. He was doing well. Um, so we wanted to do this as a job. We had opportunities, but we were going to have to leave school. I was, he wasn't, but I was going to have to leave school early to do it. I'm in a small little mountain town. They're not happening. Um, I was going to have to go into independent studies. Um, at the time I was head cheerleader, but I, I just knew this dance was it. And our parents said no. And we talked to our coaches and after Fresno dance classic, Don Blorstadt and Barry Duran at the time were together which is Robert Don and Garish for people Garish, who don't yeah. know. Robert right. and Lorene. Um, I believe Mark the Marine was there also. Uh, Dave Getty, Steve Zener, Tony and Yvonne Gooch were there. Um, and, and they all came in to talk to our parents and say, look, these kids have something special and you need to get behind it. And um, because, sorry, Kyle's going to go put the baby back to sleep. Sure. Um, back then, 
it wasn't a job and it was scary. And for you not to go to college or, or to come out of high school and do independent studies, it wasn't, we weren't mm-hmm. going to go to college. It's that I was going to have to leave high school and finish independent studies. Um, and they got behind us and they said, we need youth. And in the meantime, from that moment on, those people right there used all of their contacts to give us a good word and to help the kids come in and any other juniors. We're not the only juniors that they helped out. There was a you know small group of budding Jason Colosinos and and right. and eventually, you know, the Jordan and the Tots and the Parkers and the Jessies and all the Katie and all these awesomeness that came out Benji. So anyways, long story short, um, we now were when we got to go to New York, we would go in day early because of cheaper flights and we'd stay at somebody's house and they'd take us to North River Bar. And so now right. we're watching John Lindo. We're watching John Festa. We're watching Hazel, Kerr, Hazel, like all of these people that like are sharing information. And then we're going to LA. We're going to the press box. We're going to have some Carlito and Annie and all these like Kenny and all these old school dances up there. And then to the Bay area with Betty and all those, you know, jitterbug dancers. So it was pretty cool. And Phoenix group. And it was pretty awesome. It seems like a, a lot, a lot of us had, a similar journey like we either started on the west coast and were, were exposed to the east coast or started on the west coast and was exposed to texas or vice like i started east coast was exposed to california then yeah. california exposed to texas and those three areas seem to have you know the common thread that all of us the 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 gen like jordan and tatiana's generation and back have been yeah. exposed by those three areas of the United States, New York, Texas. Isn't that crazy? California. Yeah. It's it's very, um, it's very interesting. I thought maybe just why Kyle's rocking our new little Savannah. She's 10 months old yesterday. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, our surprise 40 baby. Yes. I am <laughs> very grateful for my finale child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which leads me to kind of tell my part of the story where Kyle and I kind of Went, had our own paths when he went to Texas and um, Jason Colosino was a great friend of ours. And he um, was in a situation where they couldn't dance us open. This was in April that Kyle went to Texas. So November was coming. And so we decide we're going to do a routine. Robert and Lorraine are going to coach it. <clears throat> we were going to dance to sweet dreams by Eurythmics. I still want to, to. I'm, I'm going to use that song for a show. So, Here's it's on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a pastor's kid and um, we kind of had real strict <laughs> guidelines set around us. And yeah. I am definitely a little footloose um, and fancy free. <laughs> now you are. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, my father, my father is very colorful and he's, he's not your average Pastor. pastor. He's, no. he's, I couldn't have dreamt of a better daddy. I'm lucky I have him. He's awesome. My mom's amazing too, but I'm, I'm a daddy's girl. Do in the dancing. He dances with me so much. So anyways, uh, I, Kyle and I break up, right? I'm dancing with Jason. Um, I fall in love with a surfer who's also a pastor's kid. And uh, his name's Matt Drake. So we fall in love and um, we start dating in April when I turn 18. He's 24. Um, we don't date. He moves from Hawaii. He's in surfing. He's actually being trained uh, by Kelly Slater at the time um, in a 
it's an eight or eight or 12 week thing where he stays in a cabin on the beach and gets lives the life. And the person with him during that 12 week time was Jack Johnson, mm-hmm. the singer. So he established a friendship with him and always would get the stuff first. He was on some special list. I mean, they, you know, they knew each other then. They didn't continue the friendship. But anyways, right. um, Matt and I fall in love in April. We get engaged in September. No, June. We get married in September. We get pregnant in November. You work fast, girl. No, January. <laughs> we get pregnant in January. Sorry. We get married in September. We get pregnant in January. Mm-hmm. And we have our little Carter man. Well, in the meantime, um, we both quickly realize that we want very different things in life because that's changing by the minute because we're both so young. So we're married about a year and we decide that we're going to raise Carter 50-50. We're going to be brothers and sisters in Christ because we're Christian. And um, we decided that we're going to put our child first. Um, We had no child support between us. Everything was split 50-50. And if I couldn't cover something, he covered it. Right. And uh, I had Carter on the weekend or during the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He would have him Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was beautiful. We lived a mile down the road from each other. Um, so Kyle comes back into my life in that time. And so now I we have my Carter man. And Kyle immediately is taking um, – and he's always had been our friend. Uh, he took <laughs> – he immediately <laughs> – he he immediately takes the parent role with Carter, but doesn't ever try to take the dad role because he's got a great dad. Right. And um, we work really well together. And that is where I'll stop there. So now Kyle and I are back together. It's let's maybe fast forward. It's 1998. YouTube has just hit. We win the U.S. Open and we're starting to get traction online. And that's when it goes global for us. Um, where we're now being asked to go to London and France and Ireland and these different places. So yeah. when you were, you know, you said you were influenced by all these amazing names. Um, how did you form what what you all wanted to put forth? How did you find your voice? Well, okay, in your so dance? I think I think the hardest thing was when we got um, all the different. Yeah, when, when we got we'd get into private lessons, we'd work with people, and we'd be like, okay yeah, that works. And then we go to someone else and we'd take that lesson and it would work there too. And it'd be like, oh, okay, well that works. Well, who's right. And that so became like, like a, something thing. that, yeah, I mean like, yeah. well, I guess they're all kind of right. So I couldn't really, I couldn't really be that person that was like, I'm teaching just like this because this is the brand that I'm following. Um, honestly, I wanted to see what was working with everybody and then kind of be the mismatch uh, of all these things put together. Um, one of the hardest parts I think with new professionals is that, um, we were given the dance in a, in a really different way. And I think it was yearning for some freedom. It was really looking for, uh, uh, an out. Because it, at the time when each person gave their opinion, it was my way 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 or the highway. And we were even at one point sat down by somebody who had organized the dance And they said, hey, you know, look, I'll train you how to teach. You teach my stuff. And then you're going to figure it out. But you're only going to train with me. And you're only going to teach my stuff. It was a huge opportunity for us to have a brand. The only person who really made a brand um, get behind us and give us an opportunity. But everything in us, it was the part that said, you can only teach my curriculum. Right, right. And I understand why the approach happened. They wanted 
the opportunity to get it installed, but it wasn't good for us. So we chose to not do that. It cost us a lot of jobs at first. So back to where Kyle was at, that they were all very, very different. And so, well, and, and granted the, the dance at the time, um, everybody's trying to define the dance and what is West coast swing. And it's like it, nobody had a clear answer other than stylistic differences. Like I love this generation doesn't want to label everything like, Oh yeah. And and it's great. But at the same time, from a competitive standpoint, what am I competing against? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like this ambiguous, uh, uh, contest, you know, if you look back at old routines, I remember just watching the routines and, and it wasn't the routines that swung. It was the people in the routines that had swing of variances in their body. Um, And so even though there was no structured like sugar push, underarm turn, side pass, whip, tuck stuff that was going on. um, Not a lot. Almost none. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look back at some of these routines, they were just, you know, partner dancing that was just set to the music and kind of slotted for the for the television side of it. And and I remember watching it and going, okay, well, that's just dancing our styles with our pattern structure to music. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when it started getting so abstract uh, at one point, I, I couldn't tell you when or where or who, what group did it. Um, right. It's just uh, the evolution of the dance over time has, has become, we've lost the, the swing dancing. Well, we have it. A group of us have it and we're working to share as a com- Yes. As a community, it's I think we need to, yet. we have to learn to it's teach it. It's not over it. yet. It's not over yet. I think we have to learn to pass it on. And I think sometimes we don't know how to like articulate what it is that people were seeing about the old routines that swung right. because they really don't within the structure, the confines of the structure of the dance that we've been given. They, they go and they try to look at it and count the swing and they'll go, but there's no swing. And we, and so we, it's really, pushed. I found this out. Hold on. We found this out trying to go back and recreate um, grooves in the heart. We were coming back for the open uh, at our 20 year anniversary. We wanted to redo grooves in the heart. And I started looking at it and trying to count the routine. I'm like, what is this? This Wayne Ball was right. This isn't swing. Honestly, honestly, it was it was it was interpretive (laughs) interpretive partner dancing. I disagree. I think move is in the heart swung. Well, that's what's different is is if I was trying to count it like a swing dance, like if I was trying to keep Mm. it walk walk triple triple, gotcha, gotcha. Any any form of structure that the dance is kind Mm. of required on today, it wouldn't fall into the criteria of West Coast swing in that timing. So when I went to go try and learn the dance under this new brain or this way that I think nowadays about how the dance should be kind of controlled, not controlled, but kind of given freely for people to play with, mm-hmm. it, it, it fit nothing. I couldn't even re-dance the routine. It it's just like, became, it just became movement to it music. It felt like going back and speaking like you did in sixth grade. It's like, was sixth grade important? Yes. But do you need to go back and speak and act that way again? No. You know what I mean? It was it was it was really strange because I'm I'm watching how this morph of the dance has kind of gone on, um, but I don't know why people. I I have a hard time understanding why people are um, unable to find swing in their body, and that to me is like the hardest part to pass on because the the structure of the dance is going to kind of morph and alter. The 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 dance is going to stretch itself and push it around, but we have to have some core basic way to come back to it. Mm-hmm. And and if we could teach people what the body is doing on these older dancers, mm-hmm. we could show them like, hey, this is how it worked in the old days. And this mm-hmm. is how we can adapt that to today. That's why having the generations before us present at the contemporary events is crucial. But all of them, are, like half the time, I feel like we lose so many dancers because they feel like they lost their dance. And I don't ever want to lose my dance because just a different, different generation. Of music. And, I, and I've gone through the this, this stages of 
of blues dancing than the country dancing than the salsa and like hustle and and all these different genres that have come through and and kind of put their little mix up on our dance um i feel like we as that kind of progressed past where people felt like the dance was theirs they we lose people instead of them embracing where the dance is headed to and like trying to take it on into their bodies, it, it's, it's stuck in a, in a, in a place. And then we lose those dancers. Watching the pain of that, of the generation before us probably was the biggest branding driving effect. We want, we really want to be able, I wanted to brand it as you can do that also. And here's how you do too. it. Here's the, that's how a lot of us teach. It. Don't you think Kyle? It I mean, is- each I, I think this generation does. I think this generation does. I think I think I think But you have to have ways to communicate that. And I think one of the, the one of the hardest parts is having a terminology that we all can agree on. Also having a, a, a basis that we can all agree on. Right. I think that's where we all get hung up. Mm-hmm. Is that we don't have anything to aim for because everybody's just still based on style. Well I, I think the other problem is is that there are there are a select few of instructors who we all understand what each of us are teaching and we all respect what each of us are teaching. And then there are other select few of instructors who don't understand what others are teaching and dismiss what they're teaching. I think that's the problem because when, when students come to me and say, so-and-so said this and I go, no, that's not what they said. You misinterpreted what they were saying. They were saying this and you should never try to pit professionals against professionals because we all want the same thing. And you know, at the end of the day, when we're all old and gray, Mm -hmm. we're going to keep each other, we're going to keep each other alive through not only much nicer bottles of wine, (laughs) but but also like, it's going to be our memories together that we're going to talk about when our bodies maybe can't do the same things, we'll create new memories. But Kyle and I, I think being parents at a very young age, 19, and I'm 40 and have a 10 month old. So I've been raising a child since I've been 19 years old and will until I'm 60. Um, I think that is so crucial in my and Kyle's life. It's kept us grounded It's kept us focused that we aren't the most important thing in the world. We've been able to step, you know, some countries and cultures you go to, they're much more generous with their admiration than others. Mm -hmm. And so we would come home from these places at times and new cultures that we were showered with praise and love from the minute Mm -hmm. we wake up to the minute we go home to come home to, hey, wipe a butt. (laughs) Rents to you. Baby, you're human. We're human. Know, it's got this going on. This right. thing's got, you know, all these things. And so I think everybody in their life doesn't need to have a child to learn this lesson, but I think everybody in their life I think it needs, saved us. needs to learn the lesson of, you know, humanizing you, humanizing and also selflessness mm-hmm. being okay to say, I'm sorry, or I don't know, or I've learned my lesson. I think the thing that scares me away from any kind of friendship or relationship in general at all is anybody who says that's just the way I am Mm -hmm. or says, or who can't say I'm working on that. Yes. I actually be working on it. You know, I can live with anything if those two things apply. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So we kind of set the same thing with, as we started training more and more, we started leaning towards the coaches that had that philosophy of cultivating us as dancers, not as a, their brand or a stylistic way. Well, one of, the, one of the things that really was like, it stood out for, for us was when we would take lessons or coaching. Um, when I found the coach didn't try and change me. Mm-hmm. You know, that not coach, fix your body. I mean, that's, that's, that's okay. That, that was different. <laughs> yeah. That's different. But like when, when someone's saying that this is completely wrong, but it's just the way I feel something that person would cultivate me and teach me how to explain what it was that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was the first stage of trying to brand what it is that we do in general right. was when someone identified what it was that was my brand for a second. And then I turn around and I go out there and I'm like, okay, well, how do I take that brand and pass it on? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, until before that, I was really kind of regurgitating a lot of information, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like, oh, so I heard this somewhere. So I'm just going to tell you what I heard. And and I feel like when coaches that I got came behind me and said, well, hey, listen, you do this. So this is right. the terminology for that. Here's how the structure is working within what you're producing. Um, then that became a way that I had vocabulary behind what it was that I was actually producing. We also both had fathers as public speakers. And so my grammar was corrected on the down low and both of Kyle's parents are 20 years retired Mm -hmm. in the Navy, extremely disciplined in those elements. Um, but none of them are scared to, you know, pop a beer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but what I'm getting at is ultimately, and it's the same way we look for the dance now Mm -hmm. is that we don't look for the differences. We look for the common similarities. Yes. Sure. in my opinion, the best way to get ahead in West Coast Swing in your own journey and training is to gather the as much information as you can and look for the common denominators, right. and then you'll find your dance. Right. And I think yeah. what we what we've done over we our teach career how to do that is to is to teach communication at the first stage of a of a workshop, you know, or a lesson. Here's the communication. So you have to learn how to produce and speak. So once you have that down, now the texturing and the part that you take uh, that fits to the music and within the partnership will be the the style that will go along with it. So I think one of the things that really helped us was not having the supposed to's, but the I can concept. And so when we learned how to um, articulate verbally what it is we were doing in our bodies, but how we did it from a neutral space or what was the communication to get there? How so do you're I... giving these people something they can use, not just why you're so great. Well, I, I often say it's the it's the you explain to the people the, the why you do what you do, the why behind it. it. And it doesn't have to be that everyone agrees with it, but it's the why that you do it. I do it because this is what I feel when I'm doing this with my body. Right. That's why and, all and the difference in the branding, the difference in the branding concept of it was. I never had to sell one thing. Right. I could sell everything. Mm-hmm. So when somebody says, hey, so-and-so teaches this, we go. That's awesome. Great. Is that how you can do that? You can do that from this neutral space. Right. And as long as. as, as or from this, this is, way, this is why the body does this. It works a certain way. And I could, I could break it down through the, the terminology that I was given through my, my other coaches. And there's never a day that we go through our lives that we don't learn something new. Of course, that's what makes good teachers and good yeah. good dancers. You I just learned that. and good athletes. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you because you you were talking about how you went back to this old routine and didn't 
see the swing in it, right? By like yeah. standard definitions of swing. And yet one of the things I love most about your teaching as a couple is that every class is so rich with material swing. beyond the content you're teaching, if that makes sense. Like you're teaching oh, some you. move or figure and there's, awesome. I mean, I still go to your workshops because I still get stuff out of it. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering oh, like as you that. talk about what you what it is you want to see in the dance, the stuff that makes it what it is, even when the content changes or the style changes, is it, uh, can you articulate what it is that you're trying to pass on? What is, what is that essence to you that you want to keep alive when all the rest of it changes? I, I love the art of following. Um, and I love that West Coast Swing allows both parties to speak while still being true to their role. Yeah, you guys I, I I I adore that about West Coast Swing. And it's really our therapy. Kyle and I, you know, um we could just not be in a good place together because who knows, maybe he forgot to get the mail that day no, and passport, who knows, <laughs> you know, it's normally stuff like that. Um, but we can walk into a workshop and all of a sudden that's where we communicate best. Mm-hmm. And many times it resets our relationship because we are in a professional setting. And so we both know to deliver. And when we do that, it kind of goes, oh, bigger picture. we are getting along good. Okay, that's not a big deal. We just did something great together. And now we can, you know, move past that moment because now it's something positive. And um, that's well, also your common ground where you both agree. Right. And at the same time, we both can communicate really well. Like if I need to work on something in my dancing or Kyle does, like we can both give that to each other in a really good way now. She tells me in class. And I I love (laughs) that. No, you know what? I use that when I see the class fanning out or getting intimidated when in a moment, I I like to humanize Kyle sometimes, you know, here's the thing. (laughs) I like to humanize Kyle. I want to say (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You know, we have, I think it's like, 38 routines we've put on the floor. Don't find them, please. And ultimately for us, the whole journey of this is about creating and growing as West Coast Swing dancers. And when we were, the competition floor was the only venue to do that. And I think that's how we had to do it to still be here. Mm -hmm. I think if we with the family, the kids, and also a lot of the effort we had to put into just building the business for everyone, including mm-hmm. ourselves. It was for ourselves, but we also knew that this had to be also for our kids' kids and that it had to be done right. And at one point when you're traveling the world so heavy and then still trying to compete and coming home with kids when everybody else is going to practice and getting naps and going to the gym and going I'm shopping dealing with a type one diabetic kid and another one that's like doing life life. and so he took that pressure off of us really quick to be the best or get out because we couldn't do that and be good parents and be in a relationship you know the other thing is like somebody said to me one time do you want to win a contest or do you want to do you want to prove a point and we really wanted to prove a point i I mean winning (laughs) winning a contest is always a bonus i want both but if i got a pick I, it's I, not I even throwing like a point. Like, it's leaving. It's leaving a footprint. That, yeah. That's what they were saying. They were basically yeah. saying, make an impact. Yeah. So yeah. Kyle and I. It wasn't about winning anything. It about, was about once getting we a had, crowd on their 
once we had that, I Parts, felt like, I felt know. like I, I was given a, a, a free pass to then now just be artistic. Yeah. The titles just helped us dance become around. artistic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, right. And I, especially like, I feel like now we live in a, <laughs> we live in a dance society where it doesn't matter what you do. Like everybody's teaching. It doesn't matter if you placed or not placed if you've done the open or not done the open. So you living, giving an impact the way you do it is 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 fantastic, but the way others do it to me sometimes is not so great. You've earned the right to not have to win a competition or not have to be part of a successful routine because you've right. But we're also I have a hard time with like this is where me as an artist gets a little bit like I know it's a contest, mm-hmm. but you're also judging someone's art. So right, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very, uh, that's why I never really wanted at this point in my career. I don't want to judge routines. You know, I don't, I want to teach. I don't mind if it's at, I don't, I don't mind if it's at an event here and there where they need us, but like at the U S open right now, I would rather have used my skill and have the connection with all the people I'm coaching than to judge. Now, eventually Yes, when I'm further separated from the generation that's competing, absolutely. But as of like right now, we're getting to work with the world's best and getting Mm -hmm. to use a lot of like, ooh, if we would have, and getting to like put it on a lot of other dancers. And so it's like, it's very satisfying for us. You You get to influence. You get to influence dancers. we We get to take what we learned through the hard knocks and also not just use it for ourselves, but also get to... I get to paint with humans. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, that's a great way of um, saying it and, and a good segue, too. So as far as I know, like, you're the only couple who teaches a push break or sugar push, however uh, you want to call it, where there isn't <laughs> shared compression. Tell me uh, tell me why you feel this way and, and how do you explain, you know, to students the reasoning behind it? Because it's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let me first make a little adjustment that we're, we are not the only, there are hundreds of champions that we've cultivated that teach the sugar push we do. And there are thousands of students around the world that dance it now. No, but I mean, you're the original. Uh, Absolutely. That's what I mean. You're Absolutely. the original who set right. it up for it. And, and part of it is <clears throat> we really, really feel strongly about having a consistency in theory through all of our basics, the why and when we turn and rotate, why and when we use compression or leverage, we want that in our fundamental basics, how we turn, compress, and extend to not be different when we go to renegade and use compression in another moment, but then just on the sugar push, we're going to have a different rule. The way that Kyle and I are able to be so free, and specifically I'm going to say Kyle because it's a leader-based thing. To, mm-hmm. to me, the leader um, is going to direct um, momentum and direction, and the follower is going to use her frame to manage that. So if a leader, I- if a leader leads me into shared compression, I then follow it. But right. if a leader doesn't lead me into that, um, which is my preference. Mm-hmm. I then of course follow that. It leads me to the reason why. 
it's really easy. Actually. I, I don't think the follower should be making that decision because I'll tell you if, if, if the, a leader takes me into one, two and is blocking me in the slot and I decide that I'm going to go into shared compression as a follower, but my leader didn't want to sugar push. Kyle might've wanted to check, check, shoot you on the other side, slingshot you and win the contest. That's normally where he's <laughs> at. So to teach a follower to make a change in compression or leverage, not based on a reaction, goes against to me the art of following. Well, it's I'll really, hand it over it's, to it's super easy. I mean, the first <laughs> the first person to establish compression is not absorbing. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a weird concept when I'm asking something to come forward and to push into me, but then I say, "Hey, stop to push now." It's this very it's an odd timing where I feel like if I I, sh- I also, there's, there's a hard, it's hard to do this without giving you some visuals with it, but, um, the, the human body works in a certain way with the, the way the arms extend versus the way the arms contract. Um, you have biceps, you can, if, if you're kind of just sitting here listening to this, everybody is kind of listening, um, just take in, and pull your arms in like you're creating biceps, like you're kind of pulling your arms tight. Okay, so you can you can engage your biceps without your triceps really engaging. Right. Now, if you, if you flip that around. And you push your arms away from yourself, like you're gonna you're gonna push your arms or your hands away from your chest. Your triceps will engage, but your biceps will also fight those moments. It will increase. It'll engage against that. So pulling something is not also pushing it, but Correct. pushing something is also pulling it, because both muscles are firing at that moment. So I'm ready for compression and extension. Now the buffer that I use as a as a a communicating tool to my followers is there's a, a wrist adjustment. So as you get close to something, there's a subconscious response to the tricep when you want to lean on something. That if I was going to get a stand up, if I was going to stand up and lean on the desk, uh, and, and my arms would end up tubing out and they would straighten, the last moment that my wrist breaks um, tells my tricep to fire to tube the arm out. So the the concept of putting my hands on a table. Um, or leaning into something, leaning on a wall, uh, is a subconscious response to my tricep staying ahead of me. Uh, the funny thing is, is soon, the minute I do this with a, a follower in a private lesson, and I get them to understand what the firing action is that they're so subconsciously tied to, um, I can then take them in any moment and have them respond to the wrist reaction to the tricep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an experience thing, and if I can teach the leaders how to produce that out of that moment, compression relative to push becomes null and void relative to extension because the arm's always extended. So no matter what, if something your wrist runs into something, you get the communication that something has changed. And that buffer point is much closer together than the, the bending arm. Um, where if you also take in thinking of the concept of pulling on something, if I'm pulling on something, my bicep is the only thing that's engaged. It takes a second for that bicep to refire and communicate the to the tricep, tricep mm-hmm. that it needs to be extended in a second. So if I'm pulling on something, my tricep isn't ready. But if I'm pushing on something and I go to pull on it, the bicep is also ready. So if you're wanting to do a shared compression sugar push, that's all you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. If if you're, lo- you're also I, allowing slack in the connection. It's a, it's a leader thing. I also feel that. Right, so wouldn't you just I say that, that, like, just because uh, I want to make sure I'm understanding yeah. this, like, uh, because I, I consider myself a really good follow. So if you ask me, Kyle, you don't want shared compression, I'm not going to give it to you. And if you give it to me, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. Right. So 
isn't the point of the matter that, that the leader leads and the follow follows. Yeah, we teach that. Totally. Absolutely. Right. Okay. But, I, but I, teach, I teach what the compression point does in the arm. So if you, if you get someone that doesn't rotate the wrist down within their hold, what's going to end up happening is they carry more of a, a, a pistol grip, I so would say. So real quick, followers, if you do this also and you stick out your arm like you're following extension, not completely extended, but giving connection out so your bicep and tricep is engaged. If you reach over the top and bend slightly from the middle part of your hand and touch your shoulder, you'll feel it engage. Go ahead and relax it back down, your wrist back down. Now come back over the handhold like you're diving down and you'll feel tension start to go in. I prefer to keep that curl and keep it flattened so that when I do break, my wrist breaks on that sugar push and the points are a lot closer together. It also shakes a lot lower in my body. But, the, but hold on, handhold dictates response. That's it. So when I teach my handhold, I teach that this is what it produces out of extension. So it's it's really a much bigger concept than just extended um, sugar pushing. I want it's it's more about understanding that I'm getting a direct a, a, a tighter line of communication to my follower, uh, and I get them to communicate it to their to their flight in a different way, rather than making it so muscular. Where I feel like what happens is you get this accordion effect uh, of the framework when I ask my follower to break frame. Now, it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just means there's an inconsistency in where I place my follow. I also like it to be consistent, consistent the way a leader initiates my movement and receives my, my movement. And so many times I'll use the example of three and four of a whip, of that feeling of one, two, three, and four, five, six, seven, and eight. I like that same feeling of the three and four on my sugar push. I want to have... Not the board, but I want to have that consistency. That stretch. That stretch. Now, if a leader uses shared compression, awesome. It can feel great. There's not, it's not that Kyle's never used it, but that's his preference. And I think it comes back to, to teaching what you do. That's, right. that's really what it comes down to. And I that, think I was it. the first person and, and Wayne Bott was one of the first people to help me kind of, um, oh, verbalize. Yeah. Well, he's like, well, this is what you're doing, Kyle. And I'm like, oh. I didn't know I was doing that. And, and I'm teaching this other thing. I'm teaching pistol gripping and all this other stuff. And I'm like, mm. oh, but I don't do that. I carry frame. You know, it's like I have I have my followers wrist relaxed in a different way. They're not they're, relaxed, toned. Oh, well, I have them, I have them releasing a, a different area of their of their connection, because uh, if you make a fist, you, you find that the, the tension in your forearm kind of limits how much information goes up further into the arm. Uh, and then when you when you open the hand up and you give your uh, what I call my my kid karate hand like karate hands that you did when you were a kid, um, you, you, yeah, you kind of unroll your 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 stretch in your hand, uh, the palm of your hand. You'll notice that that kind of moves further up into your arm. And if you unroll the fingers just a little bit more, you can get more information through the arm by getting the extension out of your hand. And when you make a fist within the connection, you're shutting a lot of information off. And it and it's not it shouldn't be a straight line into the connection. I think there's a reason that I feel a certain way when I dance, and I think that I get a lot of accolades. Um, these aren't these aren't things that I say to myself. I'm not saying, "Oh, Kyle, I'm a great I'm a great leader." No, um, we love a you. A lot of response from my followers that yeah. say this. And we're talking late night, not not just you know your friends who are also champions that know how to adapt. It's 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 the late night novice dancers. My one of my favorite things in the world to do, and not just with Kyle all of our magnificent leaders in our community, because we have, we are so blessed to have the kind of leaders we have. We have the best, okay? Mm -hmm. They are amazing to the followers. In general, as a whole, wow. Um, to me, is watching 
these followers that don't get to feel like a million bucks all the time. And they go out there and they dance with Kyle and they walk off the floor going, I'm awesome. Not, of course, Kyle's awesome, but they're walking off. Knowing good about themselves. They were good. Mm -hmm. And that to me, you, that level of leaders, we need more of, we don't have so much of that. We have, I, I, we have a great amount that do that, that do a great job. Are the ones that have been here a long time? They had to do that. But here's the other. Here, yeah. So when it comes back down to the concept of the of the extension, all this kind of stuff, um, I lead. I lead based upon response. I don't constantly lead. Um, there's there's kind of a there's a maybe an analogy. Um, if you've ever test driven like a Tesla or anything like this, there's a setting in Tesla where you can make the pedal. Kind More of sensitive or less sensitive, right? At all times. So even as you let off the pedal, it really just slows the car down. You only really have to brake. So the, the car could be just trigger-based, okay? Um, I feel like I don't live in that world of constant connection and control. I feel like I'm looking for feedback in moments. Once I give the car something to go, I'm waiting for the coast for a second, then I feel like when I have to put on the brakes. I feel like there's a freedom that you let the, the vehicle have. And I feel like when I'm when I'm driving my followers, that I'm looking for those freedom moments. So if I need to make a change within the structure, um, I have the ability to communicate what it is and when it is. Adjusting. And, yeah, right? and I feel like when there's a lot of play in the framework, that we don't get that. But now, granted, leaders aren't, aren't respectful with the shapes that they produce. So I feel like that becomes the problem. So followers end up kind of uh, buffering the inconsistent signals. And which I will do all night long if I'm not getting a smooth ride. So and that's what I feel like shared compression is. Shared compression is the follower offsetting for what the leader couldn't manage to tell the follower totally. to do correctly. So her adjustment for your inconsistency for saying, here's compression, my follower goes, well, my body isn't quite ready for that. So let me share that moment with you. Let me go where my body wants to be. So where that my be concept, skill for me. So my concept is more like, well, why don't I just keep your arm at the length that you want it and I'll compress when the time is correct for you. And that can change from, from point A to point B, multiple to different, in different shapes of the texture of the, of the musicality. Well, so I have a question. Isn't that the same thing as saying like... Um, no, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, a, there are certain things that like, you know, we do, you know, in, in, in West coast that were, that are all similar between all instructors. But I, I, I consistently say that I don't dance the same with Kyle that I do with Jordan, that I do with Royston, that I do, you know, with Ben Morris, I'm, I'm, I'm consistently adjusting to whatever the lead yeah. is giving me because that's, that's what, what West Coast is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love it. I love, I love every one of those leaders swing so very so do much I. and they cultivate who I am as a dancer and along with a longer list. And really Kyle and I want to protect that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I admire about all those leaders you just mentioned is that they teach what they do. Exactly. And, and I want to learn firm, that. I'm I want to learn that. I I'm love a, that. I'm a firm believer yeah. in take the information as long as the person that uses it, uses it too. Right. It's and like, you see them doing that and they go, yes, and I that's said, well, a bigger you got, thing. You got what you paid for. Yeah. And you also got take the information that they're putting out there. Now, and whether, make it you your own. Yeah, whether you interpret it right or wrong is irrelevant. Right. But right. what they are teaching you is what they do, then fine. Go with it. Right. Try it. It's obviously working for them in some way. If they're not teaching you what they do, then that's a different story altogether. Right. 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 That's just making bad choices. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's like, it's like I, I tell people all the time it's like I can stylistically do all these people's things. I said, but now let's go back to what we're, where our problem is. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's not just to recreate the same thing over and over again. It's to manage the person in front of you to get them to do that thing that that other person does also. And and I feel like that communication is so uh, sometimes looked at as like management or over management from the leader standpoint, rather than very much similar how we drive. You know, we drive based upon the elements around us. We have rules on the road, but what happens inside the rules or in the lines um, is everyday life. And right now we're teaching people just to do the rules of the road and not managing the wind, the other cars on the road, all that kind of stuff. Adapting. Um, yeah. And when I make yeah. a and when I make a turn, how much do I turn the wheel? Well, and that's how much, why and how that's why not everybody should be paid the same amount of money for an hour of their time in a workshop. That right there. Because I've got to be able to get somebody right to there. stop doing the supposed to's and go go with the I cans yeah. and mm-hmm. find the the ability of their action and the production of their action rather than just recreation of the same action over and over yeah. again mm-hmm. which i think is still part of our brand <laughs> yes <laughs> you have a great brand for sure boy do you answer that question good job Boom. Mm. yeah you got <laughs> what else you got Boom, much on the <laughs> and p.s we're still learning well i and remember what's once again, this is not these. This nobody ever taught me to hold a hand a certain way. Nobody did this stuff. Nobody was doing these things. As much information as I got from my my peers before me, um, it was through trial and error and yeah. somebody saying this, this is what you're doing that created uh, the the things that Sarah and I decided to teach that became our brand now. Mm-hmm. So we weren't given a handbook. There was no hey, this is how you teach an underarm turn. This is how we you didn't teach want a the damn handbook. I wanted to learn how many different ways I could do it. And when somebody said to me, and it was this was really. Um, it sucks because I feel like that person would be so great for our community right now because they could really take a lot of these people on a different journey sure, if, they or, the they, if they did. But this person gave me this one drill I'm one time. I'm very proud of you. I, yeah. your words very carefully. <laughs> this is a new Kyle Red Savannah. Um, but Thank I'm not. You. The, the what sucks, what sucks is I, 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 I told this person one time, and I, I'll say this before I say this. The reason I'm not saying the name is I told this person one time. I said, you know, you've treated us all really poorly. I said, you know, the one thing you should never ever worry about is me ever saying anything bad about you. It should be that I never say your name again. Right. And so that's the hardest part of this community sometimes is that you. I just want people to say my name someday, you know? That's and so, it. so, okay, back to this, this person gave me this really cool <laughs> thing and this challenge. They said, Hey, go, go give me a, and standing directly in front of them. I, they said, do, do this one thing for me. And I said, okay, what is it? They said, give me three, uh, three, what? He said three different things. And I said, okay, um, do a sugar push. And I'm like, okay. He said, now do it three different ways. I did my first sugar push and I was like, uh, blank. Keep you basic timing. Yeah. And I said, okay. So he says, come back uh, at the end of the weekend, uh, and I want you to be able to give me three or five different ones. Well, I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. That person did the same for totally me, by do. the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I totally take this, and I and I run off to the edge of the to the to the room, and I totally forget about the lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my I'm too good to be whatever stage, and I, I come back at the end of the weekend. This yeah, will be easy. 24. I'll just I'll, I'll think about it for a second. And I'll have it. So I get over there and I and I, I stand in front of this person and I and, he, and they say to me, "Okay, uh, you got your five? And I go, oh, "Yeah, no problem." And they go, "I just start dancing." I'm like, first one. And then next one, I'm like, I just start kind of syncopating. He's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" They're they're like, "No, you can't syncopate." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Well, then I like, "Okay, there's one." And he goes, two. Oh, oh, you changed you changed the pattern structure. That wasn't it." And I was like, "Oh man, I, I I'm lost." And this person handed me a handbook, and to this day, it's our it's our mantra. To, exp- to express to people 
the simplistic way you can play with the dance. Mm -hmm. And this person would probably get so much more accolade and so much more uh, uh, accreditation, even sell so many more videos online. And it was about like using different elements of the dance of height, uh, just wit, make it wider. Let's go swing the next level. Go check it out. It's on (laughs) palisar.com. Shapes and levels. This person talked about shapes, levels, and timing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, So anyways, um, it made us realize that a sugar push it's not just one way. It's mm-hmm. and we got to make our basics. We got to make this dance and to to make our fundamentals have lasting power. We got to take off the style. We got to get the structure. Know how to use it. You're I can always teach technique. Right. Style's gonna change. Style's gonna outgrow me. So we got to get all that styling out of our fundamentals real quick. How I how I feel music is probably gonna is. Is probably going to be influenced through my whole from everything that I've done in my career. So I'm always going to have a certain look to my movement, mm-hmm. and that's that's honestly I hope never goes away. I want a I want a timeless action that's that I you. can have. That's me. Um, but as I teach people what it is that I'm doing, I want them to be able to get the concept of what it is that I was trying to do in this time period and extend it further in. I want them to be able to take and have longevity within their careers rather than going, oh, I like the dance at this stage. Oh, it outgrew me. I never want that for a student. And so if I can teach people first the technical side of the, of the, of the communication, then the stylistic changes that come along won't affect them in the, in the way that it's affected, I think, a huge part of our generation of swing that don't think that they see the dance anymore in our dance. And that's sad. Some of them have circled back and worked, and it's beautiful, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or I take, you know, what's really cool is I'll take an, I'll, I'll take a, an old school pro oh my and God, I'll give him a lesson. Such, that's the best. I still fangirl. Like, yeah, I, like, oh my I, God. I, I, I don't want to name names because yeah. people are trying to work on their, on their art and their, and, and their pros. And, and yeah. the pros. Um, but it's, it's awesome that, that I can say, Hey, listen, this is what I feel is missing because it's stylistic that is already kind of stuck in its, in its place. And when you take those same professionals that have stylistically been doing things for one way to one genre music, and then they get a new genre of music, they don't have to do with it because the dance doesn't fit to that genre of music. Right. The form of the dance doesn't fit to that. So why are you dancing that form of the dance to that? And that's one of the things that's so cool to do with pros these days is be able to communicate to them that the dance hasn't left them. It's just a different sound. I it's, love, it, it listen, you listen to it differently now. I love taking a couple that has such amazing connection and great stretch and compression and no swing and then putting the swing on top of them. It's like, Oh, you, you know, what? I'm oh, going to say, I'm going to say one name. Best. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to oh, say one you, name. Are you sure? I swear. Uh, Randy shots. Cause mm-hmm. he's a country pro. Like I used to sit on the side of the floor. I watched that man two two step. Step. I Oh man. So I'm like, mm-hmm. a, I'm a huge Randy shots fan from country days. And, um, he's, he's dating a friend of ours, Nancy right now. And they're, they're, um, they're coming to us for lessons and I'm getting to communicate to another pro, like the differences of the dance now and trying to get them to kind of like, and every time he comes back, he's like, Oh my God, he's the best student. (laughs) Yeah. It's so, so I, it's like to be able to like show someone that still wants to be a part of our community, um, how the dance works and how it's kind of, uh, how, how it's and kind it's of evolved not so different, and it's it? not so different when they feel it. It's like, Oh, that's kind of like this. And it's like, when you can identify what it is in their body, that's just missing or what they're forcing. It's really cool for them to like, to, to change. And it also, it opens up so many more doors for them. I just feel like, I mean, because look, I've been now, I've been doing the dance now since 1994 and then 97 is when I like kind of came and started competing. And obviously the dance then is very different than the dance from now, but I can still, do the dance so yeah you can girl 
Right. No, but my so my question is is like I I teach technique <clears throat> the same way now that I did then. Technically, a couple of things have changed, maybe here and there. But if if oh if, the the weight and the compression of the dance right. has completely gone to a different space. Right. But technically, like how I use my foot or how I strike my leg, it has stayed the same for me. But that doesn't mean I can't adapt to the music or who I'm dancing with. Right. Yeah. I think that's what we're missing a lot of. Well, that's, that also comes down to individuality too. It's like once you once you've taken something, how do you how do you fit it on your body? See, and I feel like I I have to say like I feel like I'm I've some of the things have changed this change, and then I would almost say it's like fifty fifty for me. Like mm -hmm. I had to really learn about Deborah, you came into this with a vocabulary, like you were a trained dancer. And right. so there was a lot of backtracking. I think Kyle and I still do to this day. I mean, there's not a day that I'm home that I'm not looking up better ways to teach this or how else can you teach this? Or like, you know, those days you were absent in school. I got a lot of those. And so I've got to like <laughs> go back and learn those things. So sometimes when I see like somebody I admire an instructor teaching a subject that's important to me, mm -hmm. I will go in and get my education or take a lesson. Mm -hmm. Um, or just do. at this point, most of the top pros are my really good friends. And we have that exchange where mm -hmm. I can ask a quick question, you know? Yeah, I I know. I I mean, I ask a lot of questions and I, I've gone to Kyle a lot about, you know, things for teaching. And in fact, Kyle's the you know, when I talk to men, I'm like, Kyle, like he's my guy. Thank you. Well, there's no thank you. That's just how I feel about it. And I think part of the reason, too, is I when I came into the swing community, Kyle was somebody that I was growing up with in the dance community. He was somebody that I spent a lot of time dancing with. Kyle was yeah. one of those people that I spent yeah. a lot of time uh, I call with, them your with. pocket boys. Yeah, right. totally. Boys, the ones that are like that raised you. Yes. Other than your partner. Right. So yeah. Kyle's one that raised me. John Festa, John Lindo, um, a little bit Robert Royston because he came back because he left and then came back. He really um, wasn't very active in the swing community. Right. Too much. I mean, he was active. He was around, but just not necessarily competing on the circuit other than maybe, you know, three or four events a year. Right. So I he think was on the Broadway. Uh, to understand that, you know, it's, we all, we can't be who we are on the dance floor without each other, regardless of, it doesn't matter that I had, you know, all this dance training or all this vocabulary behind me because I wasn't a West Coast swing dancer. I was a dancer. And without being exposed to all of these other fantastic West Coast swing dancers, I cannot be the dancer or the instructor that I am today. True and that. I, and I yeah. think that's a lot of what we lack of with the new generation coming into the swing dance. We yeah, recognize who that. influences sure. us and who helped us. You know, um, I have to say this. Me as a mother at 19, me as a mother at 30, and now a mother at 40, I always say to Carter, um, thank you, son, for being my little test monkey. Because <laughs> we kind of grew up together. And now Kyler, I'll even say to him, oh, I learned this when you were a baby. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you I got my first iPhone when you were a baby. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'll say things like you taught me this instead of I taught you this. Mm -hmm. I'll say to him, you taught me this. Mm -hmm. And I find that like I see this like admiration in their eyes when they feel 
I want, and I do it for the reason that I know I'm going to screw them up in some way. And I want them to feel like they can come to me so that I can clear it up so that we can have a clean relationship mm-hmm. into being the mother in the adulthood. Right. And so as I'm figuring out who I am, I still have to be able to answer for certain ways. I handle certain situations, even though I, there's no book with them, right? There's so, no book with life in general. Right. We don't have but a book. They, they've taught me that anytime I want to get through to them, if I'm coming from a place like I know best because I'm your mom, <clears throat> they close off to me and sure. they don't, all, they don't hear me. But when I go at them and I talk to them in a way, and I always associate myself back to that small group of people that were cramming things down my throat and being disrespectful to me as a youth. Mm -hmm. I think it's important. I really want to make sure that I don't say a lot. This generation aren't doing this and you guys aren't doing this and you, I know we need to bring it up and I know we need to say it. And there's times Mm -hmm. amongst us, right. To them. I, I want them to be open to, to me and I want to be open to them. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're trying, right? They're trying. Mm-hmm. And I have so many things that I made mistakes I made in the past mm-hmm. that, gosh, I really don't appreciate people being like, oh, those Kyle and Sarah, you know, they're, they're you know, this one time at an event, they got, they got so drunk and, and this was just ridiculous. Yeah, really? Okay. Let's break something down. I was getting paid $300 for that weekend. I bought my <laughs> right. flights. I taught one right. workshop. And right. when I go home at 22 years old, I ain't going to the club. So this is my club. And I'm so sorry because my coach was pouring 45 shots of crown down my throat. And that's how you got cool. Okay. Things are way better now. Like this generation, they didn't have to, like, to me... It is, it is a lot more accessible now sure. for a very healthy environment mm-hmm. to get close to the pros and there, because it's become a business and because that, that folded over. And so I think because it's so easy to get mm-hmm. sometimes things that are so easy to get, they take, they, they take advantage of it or they don't realize and they don't, they, have. they don't feel the chase as much. I gotcha. When it's handed to them. Hence mm-hmm. why Kyle and I, um, we pay attention to how accessible we are mm-hmm. um, to people that we feel aren't really driven. I don't want my time wasted because it's valuable. And so is their time. Mm-hmm. And I want to have the common understanding that if we're going to get together and work for an amount of time, mm-hmm. it needs to be something you really care about because I, I really care about it. You know. Well, that's being respectful, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's about respect. And I, I don't want you to misunderstand, like when I say this generation. No, I don't. I don't. Because because I feel like every generation lacks something. And the, the I feel that every generation, the thing that they lack the most is taking example from the generation before. Totally. I, you know, I, I couldn't agree with that statement more. That's all I'm saying. Here? Yeah. I mean, it's we all have the people who not only do we look to and learn from, I mean, they're models. Right. 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 It's not just, oh, that's a great dancer. I mean, like I look to you, all three of you, Kyle, Sarah, Deborah, and a bunch of others. And Mm -hmm. you're not just teachers and people who tell me how to move my body. Right. right? You're like exemplars of how to be in this community of how to develop yourselves in your, your dance and your profession. And Um, how to be good, you know, good humans. That's why. and, And when I say, I always feel like, 
the generation before forgets that the, the generation now forgets about the generation before. The only reason I feel that way is because I came from a, a perspective of my parents always taught me that the generation that's before you has so much to give you and yeah. don't, don't take them for granted, which is why I was always, you know, um, driven to, or I was, I, I was gravitated towards people that were older than I was. Right. I feel like the older generation a little bit is getting like lost in the shuffle and they're so important. They have so yeah. many things to tell us. We will continue this conversation in next week's episode. So stay tuned. If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, you can post a comment on our website, you can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also email Deborah and me through our site at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on Instagram at thenakedtruthwcs, or follow the small crew of loyal followers on Twitter at NakedTruthWCS. <laughs> Don't forget, you can buy some stylish swag at our online store. Just go to the naked truth, WCS.com forward slash store to buy yours today. We can ship it to you or we can get it to you at an upcoming event. Again, that's the naked truth, WCS.com forward slash store. And if you haven't already, don't forget you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and a number of other podcast hosting platforms. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode or any of our other episodes, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes, you can rate us and give us a review over on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Eric. I'm Deborah. And, and that's, that's the, the Naked, naked truth. truth. Ow! So, uh, I say thank you so much for listening. My name is Eric. Deborah says, and I'm Deborah. And then we'll turn it to you to say, and, the and that's the Naked Truth. Okay. Ready? Okay. Ready. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Eric. I'm Deborah. I'm Sarah. I'm Kyle. And, and this that's is the, the naked, naked truth. truth. Okay, we got to do one more. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the naked truth. Okay. Right, that's and, that's, and that's the naked truth. That was my fault. Woo! Yeah, whatever. Okay, Close enough. As long as you say the same thing, I we'll take it. Say I'm Kyle first. Okay, go.